We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Squeal like a pig. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Nada Grande Outdoors podcast. We, uh, this is... Not not the fullest we've been because we had um, Aaron and Starson on podcast, but uh, yeah. Well, we've had six at one time before, did we? Yeah, we had Chet and oh, that's right, Chet and Patrick. No, and so I guess we had five. Mark and me and you on the phone. Yeah, yeah. So, but third podcast with the new equipment, right? And I think you've got it figured out. We hope so. The last one sounded pretty good. It did. So I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I don't. I don't think we'll hear any more complaints about people saying they can't hear me. So that's a plus. So maybe you should squeal like a pig. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna happen. We have with us today, Deedon Masturbates. Masturbates. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and my brother Ty Jackson. How's it going? Uh, appreciate them joining us. Um, we're actually sitting here. Uh, the day before we were scouting this morning, going to do some scouting mm-hmm. this afternoon. The day before our antelope hunt. Yep, yep. Future but, podcast. Yeah, future podcast. We actually so interesting, interesting note for you listeners out there. Um, this whole podcasting thing is is interesting because you record it and then you're not exactly sure when you're going to release it most of the time, and so you try and speak in current terms but sometimes you got to refer back to stuff or forward to stuff and and it always is funny where it where it lands we actually recorded rodney and i recorded this podcast what would the topic of you know what we're going to talk about today on this podcast back almost a month month and a half a month and a half ago yeah yeah i think we decided we were gonna redo it yes one because i get pretty hot and i cussed a lot (laughs) Um. Yeah. May, the main reason we wanted to record it was <clears throat> to make sure that we were giving the facts, giving correct information out there. We we were, but I'm glad that we decided to redo it because Rodney, yeah. being the numbers guy that he is, really dug into it and found a whole lot more than we had actually addressed the first time we recorded. Yeah, it. yeah. So I I did a full study of all. What did he? What did he say? There is seven hundred and twenty-eight different hunt codes, um, and well, I really picked his arguments apart. Well, and, let's talk about who his is first. Well, sure, sure, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just as far as the study goes. You know, yeah. I, I did, I did dive into it pretty deep. I uh, looked at all the numbers. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit late on the podcast. This we're we're um, looking at an article that was released by. The New Mexico Wildlife Federation, uh, written by Ben Ben Neary of the Wildlife Federation, um, back in April of this year, they released an article uh, in which they're quoting a an Albuquerque resident and businessman named Brandon Wynn. And before we go any further, I want to say, if 
either one of those people or any of the people that we talk about in, in this podcast feel that we're being misrepresentative, you are always welcome to come on the podcast and talk about it. Sure. But, um, yeah, Rodney doesn't do his numbers wrong. No, so, no, we're good. Uh, but the 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 article is talking about, uh, and, and there's a quote, and I'll start out with that because that's really what got me fired up about the article when I first read it. There's a quote by Brandon Wynn in the article that says, um, New Mexico goes out of their way to issue non-resident permits. They bend over backwards. They push the limits of the law. They do funny math. They do whatever they can to issue as many outfitted and non-resident permits as possible. I'm 100% confident in that. And that really got me fired up when I first read the article. Um, Simply because I don't believe that's happening. And the reason we're talking about this article is because we at Nada Grande talk about not eating your own, mm-hmm. especially within the hunting world. Um, we've talked about it many times. But that includes calling someone out when they're doing something that is um, really splitting yeah, the hunting community yeah, exactly. unnecessarily. So yeah, we talk about we talk about um, you know we've talked about this a hundred times. Um, you have to you know like private private property private property owners it's a big issue, uh, and we talk about private property owners and how they have their rights too, same as hunters, and we talk about how we don't like them locking gates that shouldn't be locked, and we don't like hunters cutting fences that shouldn't be cut. It, it's a two way street and. We have to, you have to call a spade a spade. Yeah. Period. And and that's what this is. Um, yes, I mean, I commend him for standing up and fighting for something he, that he believes in. I commend him for fighting for Hunter's rights. Uh, and I completely, to, to, to use his words, I am 100% confident in the fact that he is wrong. <laughs> so we got, uh, we got Ty on here. Um, <laughs> To, to help kind of um, give us, shed some light, I guess, on some of the processes that happen. Yeah. But as we as we talk about this, he'll chime in. I don't know what D-Don's going to do. He's sitting there braiding something. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, let's let's go through this real quick, Kyle. Or not, not, not through the article, but we'll just give a brief synopsis of this article. We'll, we'll post a link to it. Yes. Write that down, Kyle. Write that down. <laughs> Write that down. Uh, so we don't forget. We'll post a link to it uh, so you can find it and and read it and throw it away. Well, you make, make, your, um, make yeah, up your, make own, up mind. your own mind. I mean, take, um, take our information, take their information, yeah. and do your own uh, thinking. That yeah. We're not here to tell you how to think. So, so basically the gist of the article, and I've been through this article over 100 times the past month. Uh, the gist of the article is that the Department of Game and Fish is using Roundup tags improperly and giving outfitters uh, or hunters who applied with an outfitter and non-residents um, preference in the drawing odds. Um, the law states that we have to have 84% as resident tags, 6% as non-resident tags, and 10% as outfitted tax. Um, and he's claiming that when we add in a roundup tag, so basically how this happens 
is by law, if um, when you break out these percentages, so let's say there's 100 tax. Okay, in a 100 tax scenario, that works perfect. 84 tax go to residents, 6 go to non-residents, 10 go to outfitted hunters. So again, nice nice and easy. Yeah, again, we're, but if you again have, we're talking about the special draw correct. permits on yeah. the public land, special yeah. draw permits. The department makes a determination uh, per hunt code, this is how many we're going to allocate. Yeah, correct. So the pro- what the proclamation says. Right. But when you have a, a hunt code that has 25 tags, you run up against some issues. So 84% of 25 is 21. So residents get 21 tags. Uh, 6% of 25 is 1.5. Now, the law states that when your percentages yield a fraction, you have to round up. So that 1.5 becomes 2. And 10%, 10% is 2.5, so that rounds, rounds up, up to 3. So 21 plus 2 plus 3 is 26. So we got 84% of 25 tax, but now we have 26 tax. And we end up with 80.77%. And his math is 100% correct on that. His thinking is wrong. Because what happens is you don't recalculate the percentages after the roundup tag. And so... <clears throat> Um, the statute, the the law that Rodney's talking about is statute uh, chapter seventeen um, three sixteen. If you if you want to look it up, I'll put a link to it. But that's that's exactly right. Um, you're talking about, and, and Ty, you have a little a lot of experience with with laws. You you write in the regulations stuff like that. Um, but as Rodney and I are interpreting it. That roundup happens after the percentages are run on the allocations that are out there in the proclamation. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about this a little bit uh, off the off the podcast here, but so seventeen three sixteen when it was passed in two thousand twelve, um, it, it it's pretty broad. If you read through it, it's got a lot of different things uh, that it talks about, and it caused a lot of controversy, not just on this, but also with the outfitter law. Um, if you look at the end of it, it talks about um, basically some really, really severe restrictions on who can be an outfitter in the state of New Mexico. And uh, so there was a lot of controversy around this statute when it was passed. And and that was, you know, I, I, I wasn't in any of those meetings. I wasn't at the roundhouse at that time. Um, I, uh, so I, I can't. I don't know what all the conversations were, but I can tell you a little bit about what the outcome was. Um, you know, on the on the outfitter portion of it, which again, this it's not talking about the the ten percent. It's talking about who can be an outfitter. You know, mm-hmm. requirements the to requirements to be an outfitter and and to even be in the yeah. pool. Uh, it wasn't to be an outfitter, but it was to be in the pool. I, I believe, if I remember right, and it was really really restrictive. In fact. Most residents of the state of New Mexico, lifelong residents, myself included, would not qualify. You know, I, I'm, I, I haven't lived here my entire life. I went other places to work or to uh, go to school, I mean. But um, but I've basically been in New Mexico my entire life, and I wouldn't qualify as an outfitter. I, I, I don't own $50,000 in real estate, you know, and, and stuff like that. So uh, we were immediately sued. And by we, I mean the, the department was immediately sued. Um even though the department, uh, the legislature passed the law, it wasn't a game commission rule. Uh, the legislature passed the, the law, and the department has to implement it because they're responsible for uh, regulating guides and outfitters. And so the department was sued, 
And uh, the end result of that was it was a it was a pretty significant lawsuit from a lot of out uh, out of state non or out of state outfitters. I'm sorry, uh, primarily because it really was going to put them out of business, at least in New Mexico. Um, they they wouldn't have been able to operate here, and it would have cost some of them um, a lot a lot of money. Um, and so the lawsuit was essentially about um, interstate commerce, you know, and regulating that. And and the end result was uh, a change based on a, on the decision of the court, a change to which portions could be implemented and which portions can't. And the long and the short of it is a big portion of 17316 is, is really, uh, been, um, repealed is the wrong word, but essentially repealed by the court. The court said, no, this won't work. You, you can't, you can't do this. And here's what the rules are. And so if you look at what it takes to be an outfitter now, we don't follow 17.316 exactly uh, because we have a court case that says, here's how you're going to interpret Correct. it. Now, when it comes to this, uh, uh, the the percentages here, that at the time, uh, which, which again, I'm kind of assuming some of this because I wasn't around at the time, I, at least in, in those realms you know i wasn't i wasn't at the roundhouse and part of the discussions but it it seems based on reading 17316 that this was um this was a really uh pro resident and anti non-resident bill right uh, or statute when it was passed and it changed our our it also changed our drawing uh percentages so we went from if you remember at the time it was 78 percent resident Mm -hmm. uh 10% 10% non-resident and 12% uh, non-resident with a with an outfitter. Resident and non-resident with an outfitter. No, it was... At the time, it, at the oh, time, at the time it, was, it was just non-resident. It was only nice. non-residents at the time. So when 17316 uh, was, was passed, as it currently exists, uh, in 2012, that changed from, from 78, 10, and 12, and the 10 and 12, so essentially 22% of the licenses went to non-residents, one way or the other, whether they were with an outfitter or not. That changed to 84% residents, and then another 10% that could all be residents, yeah, in theory. In the outfitter pool. In the outfitter pool. Now, obviously, they're not, um, but but it could be. You, yeah. You don't know. And then just a very small portion, a 6%, that is non-residents without an outfitter. So they're not contracted or anything like that. And that's the only percentage that is guaranteed for non Exactly. Okay. It's a, it's the only percentage. You know, again, even if you're with an outfitter, um, it residents can apply with an outfitter, um, and non-residents can apply with an outfitter. Yeah, so right. it was a really big change. You know, going from that seventy-eight percent to to now eighty-four percent, but then also another ten percent on top of that in theory. And, Matt, um, and so and, and and so later on in his article, and this is another thing that baffles me. He's talking about how. He's fighting for residents. Right. But at the end of this article, in, in what he deems like a, a, a fix for the problem, he wants he says he wants to go to um, 85% residents and 15% non-residents. That would be so a he's, huge he's increase for out, non-residents. Yeah. He's cutting out yeah. he's cutting out residents. Yeah. Because when you cut that outfitter pool, number one, those are residents. Yeah. And number two, the applica- applicants can be they're not like you said in most cases they're not but they can be residents yeah. so you're hitting residents in their pocketbook and in their draw odds yeah. by taking that pool away and and i guess the point being you know until the legislature readdresses this mm-hmm. um we're, the long and the short of it is we're stuck with it 
uh, until yeah. until some court somewhere uh, determines the, that it's uh, that it needs to be changed, or the legislature readdresses it, and a new bill is introduced and, and it passes, um, whether we like it or not, uh, is really irrelevant. It, it is the law, and so the question is how to implement it, because as as I'm positive, having having spent all the time you have going through the math on this. The math doesn't work on this. No. So, so it does work in in certain multiples, um, but you know, if you have a hundred tags, it works perfectly. Hundred, right? two hundred, hundred fifty. Yeah, yeah, it works great. But. but, but a lot of our hunts, as most people know, especially our highest demand hunts or even our once in a lifetime hunts, there's not a hundred tags yeah. in that hunt code. There's not a hundred tags for that species and for some of mm-hmm. them. And so, even if you were to lump all of the hunts into one hunt code you still wouldn't reach 100. So the question is how to implement the law. Um, the Wildlife Federation's position, it seems, or at least uh, Mr. Wynn's position, which I, I believe the Wildlife Federation is subscribing to yeah, by publishing this, and also based on, on their comments over the last few years, um, they they definitely, um, they're pro-resident, which, which I don't have a problem with. The, the issue is that they're pro-resident at the expense of everyone else. Correct. And, and and that's, it's not good for any group. Now, I, I, I completely agree with getting rid of the Turk decision. That was a terrible decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't agree uh, with, you know, us, you know, in some years uh, as a resident, we had almost no chance of drawing like a bighorn sheep tag. Because there's so many non-residents applying, and it was mm-hmm. a, it was a, it was it was everyone was thrown into the same pool. Yeah. Uh, so what the Turk decision was, if you were, if you weren't familiar with it, it was basically a lawsuit, and I believe it was back in the 70s, it was a long time ago, that said that we uh, the the Department of Game and Fish in New Mexico couldn't discriminate between resident and non-resident hunters, and and so everyone had to go into the draw in on equal footings. Yeah. However, because of the the time that that lawsuit was brought, uh, the only species that it applied to were bighorn sheep, ibex, and oryx, if I remember right. Yeah. And so, uh, and and essentially, if I if I remember correctly, I think that was because the other species weren't a draw at that time. So it only applied to the ones that were a draw at that time, and it would have only been those three species. And so it didn't apply to things like elk and deer and 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 stuff like that, you know, uh, pronghorn or or any other draw hunt that we have. But it was good for for the department to to go and and basically uh, have that Turk decision overturned. Mm-hmm. That was that was really beneficial, and I agree a hundred percent with with that, you know, because. Again, I do think residents. You're here. You're paying uh, the bills. You're living in the state. You're you're uh, you're paying your taxes. You're buying the hunting licenses. You're supporting uh, all the wildlife, yep. and you should have an advantage. And if you look at almost all the western states, well, almost every state that has a draw, there is some advantage to being a resident. Yeah. The que- I, the I question comes down to what percentage is the right percentage. Well, and and so here's something that I'm I'm gonna. Uh, touch on here that was in the article that that really uh kind of i guess showed the true colors uh, of of the article um was there like hang 12 and a half though (laughs) (laughs) there uh 
Coming back to the article, Rodney. <laughs> Focus. No. Um, they the, the the like you talked about. It seems the Wildlife Federation's taking Mr. Wynn's kind of viewpoint and saying, "Yeah, we want to get rid of uh, the outfitter pool," and, and they're very pro-resident, and they're saying. Uh, I mean, it almost feels like, yeah, we don't want the res- the non-residents to have anything. But in the article, he talks about how he has hunted yeah, bighorns yeah, have- in many other states. It's like, or how, yeah, he how hypocritical are you yeah. to say, yeah, I don't want non-residents to be able to hunt this, but I'm going to hunt it in every other state. Yeah, and 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 that's yeah, you know, and that, I think that's the main gist of our our. I mean, like you're right, you could argue that percentage. So we're at 84 now. We could argue that it should be 90, 80, 89, 72. You could argue that all day long. Yep. And residents are going to always argue for it to be as high as possible. Sure. And um, I, I totally understand, understand that. that. Yeah, you know, yeah I, I get it. Every um, time I don't draw a tag, it's, I would like the percentage <laughs> to be higher. Right? Right? <laughs> no, I, mean, I agree. Um, and, and it's not very often that we don't draw a tag. But I think when we don't draw a tag, I'm not blaming the department and saying that it's their fault. That, no, that's it, that's it, kind of it's kind of major... like it, that'd be kind of like blaming the lottery that you didn't win. Right? I mean, it, you know what the odds are when you go in. If you look at the back of the ticket, it'll tell you what the odds are. And anyone with any common sense knows that not everyone walks out of Allsup's with a winning ticket. Otherwise, the lottery would go broke. Um, the hunting, the hunting's the same thing. We we have a, uh, opportunities that are that are fantastic, world class, and correct. Unfortunately, we don't have enough supply for the demand, and so the result is there's some restriction that's placed on that, yeah. and that restriction is set by the legislature in this particular case. Yeah, and who, know, who knows how many times we've talked about that? Oh right? yeah, if, you, if you're if you're complaining about not, you know, drawing an elk, getting getting on a little squirrel trail here, not complaining not about about not drawing an elk tag for 13 years, where are you putting in? Yeah, but I, I, do you just want to hunt, or are you putting in for the Viva Doll? Mm-hmm. Which is it? This year makes twenty four years that I've been putting in for antelope. We finally drew a tag this year, but I put in. We put in for a bow tag, and so which increases our odds. Yeah. Not as many bow hunters, right? Yeah. But I've been putting in for high demand antelope tags, with the expectation that you're not going to draw. I'm probably not. If I draw one, amazing. Yeah. But my odds are not great, so I'm doing that to myself. Yeah, exactly. And you understand that, you know, I, I did this, I did this calculation real quick because you were talking about, you know, run, running out of animals, kind of like you know, not winning the lottery. Um, so he was complaining about them lumping the um, yeah, that was big his, horn tags that was together. his biggest complaint was yeah. the big horn, the big horn sheep tags. And yeah. and well, there was kind of two complaints. One was yeah. the roundup. Yeah. And that and that's and that's what I wanted to, to address real quick right now. And so, yeah, so we'll talk about that and then we'll address well, do you want to talk about why? I want to. I want to talk about my numbers real quick. <laughs> what seems like most of the article is is specifically geared around bighorn tax. That, that yeah. was the main yeah. focus, yeah. and of that's because he wants to draw one, just like every other hunter out there. He wants to draw one. He wants to draw one really bad, and I don't blame him. It'd be fantastic. I do too. I put in every year, um, but at what expense? So the twenty five tag scenario. You know, I kind of explained how it works with the 1.5%. Um, so, basically, in his math, yeah, so his funny math. Before we get too far into your numbers, um, 
another thing I wanted to point out with this is they keep talking about this detailed analysis that he did. Yeah, I've never seen it. And they don't reference it. They don't provide any numbers. The only thing that they do is quote him. And so yeah. th- this is something that all of as, our as, numbers as, will as be posted a, on our website. As an honest a person who, who tries to put out honest information out there, anybody who's who's putting out honest information should be citing their sources, providing some place for them to go so that someone else can can you know make their own decision on that yeah and that we will we will do that we will we will do that with rodney's numbers but that's one thing that they never ever put in there was you know they talk about he's been doing this detailed analysis brand this brandon wynn's been doing this detailed analysis for years none of it is in there no nowhere can you go look at that he didn't list it and you know and one of the big problems in the article he says that um that it's all shady and that they're hiding it it's public information. Yeah. I, I look at this spreadsheet every single year. Every year I look at it. And I look at these numbers. It's very easy to get. Very easy to access. Very easy to manipulate. Um, my numbers, I, I downloaded the spreadsheet from the New Mexico Department website, you know, to find well, all of his numbers. You, you said it You said it uh, pretty, pretty good just a minute ago, talking about um, if it's... You know, backdoor stuff and so shady. How did you find it? Yeah, because yeah. it's a statute that anybody can look up. Yeah, the num the percentages are a statute that anybody can yeah. look up. It's written there, plain as day. And again, the allocations are put out in the proclamation every year, yeah. and that harvest and and drawage report is put out every year. It's all public information. The laws, There's public nothing information. that's going on no, behind. Yeah, it's, it's all it's all there. It's all there. You can find the information. It's very easy to find. You can look at it yourself. We'll post our information. But I did this scenario on the 25 tags because that, that's big, what the Bighorn, the Bighorn sheet yeah, that, that is. There's 25 complaint. tags. So they lumped all of the tags into one, which I believe in because uh, – and, and we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get in into that. Do your, do, your, so, do your math. Yeah. So the math. <laughs> 21 tags is 84%. Yes. And then two tags and three tags. So that brings us down to, as residents, down to 80.77%. So – Recap, 21 tags is 84%. Yeah. 6% of 25 is 1.5. Yep. 10% is 2.5. Round it up to 3 and 2. Round it up to 26. Now, you redo the numbers on that like he did. Yeah. And and then, so now, 21 tags. Before you go any further, though, and you covered it a little bit, but it's important for everybody to understand that the roundup isn't isn't, uh, just uh, uh, any person anywhere just deciding to do that it's actually in the statute yes. which, you, which you talked about it earlier and the roundup is if it if the number comes to let's say in this case 1.5 mm-hmm. or higher it's rounded up mm-hmm. if it's 1.4 or lower it's rounded down so if those Except numbers came out as a 1.4 that that would have been just one, one tag. One tag. Yeah. Except, except for, New Mexico residents. Yeah, New Mexico residents right. always, always rounded up. up. That's right. Because it had the law says yeah. it's a well, minimum. Not always. If if the number is twenty one even, then it's not rounded up. It's just twenty one. But well, if it's twenty one point zero 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 one, it's rounded up to twenty two. Yeah. Period. Because That's the, way it works. the law says on the residents eighty four pool, it says it's a, has minimum. to be a minimum. And that's the only one. Minimum of 84. It's the only and one. That's so they the don't get up, a minimum of six. 
and they don't get a minimum of 10. The round down only happens within the outfitter and the non-resident. Correct. Yep. Correct. So under his scenario, basically what, what it's, and I'm making assumption here because it seems like what he's saying is one of two things. Either you've got to take the, take that tag away from the non-residents and residents, which to me is BS because they have a right to hunt here too, or sorry, non-residents and outfitters, or you have to give residents an extra tag. Well, the the other issue is, okay, let's, let's, I like the 25 because it gives us a good number to work with. So we're saying 21 works out just right, right? Mm-hmm. So automatically 21 are going to go to residents. Yes. No question. So that leaves us with a grand total of four tags left Correct. to split between a six and a 10% pool. Yep. And so the outfitter pool, correct, is 2.5? Yes. So to meet our, our 10%, we need two and a half. Well, obviously, you can't give half a tag. So let's just say we're going to give two, right? Yep. And let's just say for the non-residents, we're going to give one because you can't give half a tag and it's 1.5, right? Yep. So now we have 21 two and one which is 24 so how how do you decide who gets the fifth tag the 25th tag does it go to residents who are already at 84 percent does it go to non-residents which are at one one point five percent and haven't met their six percent yet they're at they're at one and a half tags and haven't met their six percent yet or do it does it go to outfitter pool applicants who are at 2.5 and haven't met their 10% yet. And so using, using his logic, I I don't know where that goes. Do do we undersubscribe two pools to oversubscribe one? Exactly. Or do we just arbitrarily choose we're going to give it to an outfitter or we're going to give it to a non-resident? And, and the reason for the roundup or the additional tag in that pool is so that we can satisfy the six and the all ten. Pools. All exactly. pools. And, exactly. And so, and we haven't talked about this yet, but there's a provision. So everybody knows when you look at the proclamation every year, there it'll say, you know, for bighorn sheep, since that's what we're talking about, it'll say for Rockies, there's 25 available licenses, right? And and that's that's what is recommended, and that's what is in the hunt code for and that's what is in the rule for that species for bighorn sheep so when you look at it you go okay i can refer i can pull that number out of the rule put it into the proclamation and that's what we're going to do the what most people don't know is those numbers can be adjusted slightly slightly and in this particular case the most relevant thing that allows that to be changed is there's another rule it's in the licensing rule on and it was done because of this statute how do we address this issue where we can't fulfill these two these two pools and there's no direction from the legislature on who to give preference to so we've met our minimum 84 yep. but there's no way for you know the the department to look and say okay which of these two do we favor over the other one yeah uh if, if the statute had said if if there's not enough tags, you're going to give it to non-residents, it'd be clear, right? Yeah. That one extra would go to them. Yep. If it had said we go to outfitters, we would do that. If it said we went to non, if we went to uh, residents, we would do that. So yeah. they would get 22 tags. Yeah, if it would have just said don't round up 
residents or non-residents and exactly. outfitters at all, then you just give that other tag to us. That's exactly right. Ha- that's actually a really good point because had they left yeah. that roundup portion out, I think fine. it would have been a clear-cut decision Correct. for the department to go, okay, we're going to try to get Those our 6%, but when we have a fraction of, we're going to give to the 84. Correct. And so interestingly enough, there is a provision in the law in 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 the in the deal it, well so the law that i've been reading it, it was the bill that was what i sent you kyle was mm-hmm. the bill that as it was passed in the senate but not what y'all are reading the statute so in in the one that i was reading um it states that if there's not enough applicants mm-hmm. first preference is given to residents correct but it doesn't clarify when there is enough applicants you're exactly right yep. my fear is this so I, I run these calculations right i run the numbers and you have to go all the way to 32 tags all right giving new mexico residents 27 tags non-residents two and outfitters three leaving 32 tags from the 25 we're going to wipe out our our Sheep herd. So you're talking then, about you're talking to, about if to you get did, to if you the did, 84, yeah, if you did to get his to math. the 84, no, so, just 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 getting to 84 percent, six percent, and 10 percent. You have to get to 32 tags. That's what I mean. Qu- so he, he's so he's complaining that the 26 Correct. tag doesn't meet. Correct. But in order for you to get to where you can meet, Correct. Though that law as it is, you would have to go all the way up to 32, 32 tags. tags. So they're, they're, they're suggesting 25. Bighorn sheep tag. Now this the, is Bighorn yeah, the re- sheep. This the recommendation from the biologist is 30, 25. 25. So you're talking about an increase of seven, seven tags. tags across the state, which could be huge because depending on which herd you put it in, some of Correct. those herds we only maybe hunt. Uh, what a, some of those herds? Maybe there's like one or two tags right. in, in the herd, and one, so one yeah. tag that goes between public and, and private landowners. So, so check herd. this. So check this out. The Department of Game and Fish to meet Brandon Wynn's way and make guarantee that we get eighty four percent is going to be faced with two choices. Laws staying the same. They're going to be faced with two choices. Run it up to thirty two. Is that going to happen? No, no, they're not going to do it. It's not biologically. Or drop it down to 24. Because if they drop it down to 24, then New Mexico residents get 21. Because that's their percentage, 21. Leaving non-residents with one and no, outfitters with two. two. So you're cutting their tags. But New Mexico residents are still not getting any more tags than they currently are. They're still just getting 21. So thank you, Brandon Wynn, for... Cutting a tag and not helping New Mexico residents at all. Because that's <laughs> what's going to happen. They're not going to go up. They're going to go down. down. And when they go down, they're taking money, which is $3,000 for a tag for bighorn sheep for a non-residence, which when you add Pittman Roberts into that, it's about $6,000 that we now don't have to spend for bighorn sheep conservation. Thank you, Brandon Wynn. And you, and you and you doing doing the math on most of these or all of these hunt codes, you found that's overarching the case. Overarching the that case, absolutely. Very rarely do the numbers go up if you're if you're if you're needing to um, meet the eighty four yeah. six and ten. Most of the time, in order to meet that, you're dropping tags. It's just because of the roundup. Yeah. The only reason the percentage is not there is because of that roundup tag. Because they have to meet the percentage. But here's another cool thing. So in, I, in my math... Just so that everybody understands, it's really important to understand that 
this in this article, the claim that residents aren't getting eighty four percent is because they're they're calculating it after the, the roundup. Round, after the roundup, not and before. Not before. They're they're not calculating adding it. the roundup and then recalculating the percentages yeah. and that which the law check, says. Check this out. Yeah. More numbers. Sorry, I'm boring you guys with numbers. So in total, there was 180 roundup tags given across 177 hunt codes, right? Of those 180 tags given, residents were directly responsible for three. They were responsible. The roundup was was given because of residents and non-residents in a hunt code because they both had to be rounded up in 63 of those. And residents and outfitters in 26. Non-residents or outfitters were only responsible for 62 of those tags. So the roundup is typically happening because of residents having to be rounded up. Not because we're rounding up for non-residents and outfitters, but because we're rounding up for residents. To meet the 84%. And that's another number that he's not throwing out there. Yeah. Yeah. The roundup is caused, in more cases than not... By residents. And those, they're, look. And rightfully so. The residents are getting those tags. The residents are getting those tags. And so it comes back to that that very first um, quote that was in that article saying, I'm 100% confident that uh, the department's doing everything they can to give outfitters and non-residents permits. That's not the case. The numbers aren't there. The numbers aren't there. So he, his math is 100% correct um, as far as the number of roundup tags given um, and the percentages that it yields are lower than 84% in most of those cases after the roundup tag. But before the roundup tag, no. And nowhere in the statute, in the law, does it state that we recalculate the percentage after the roundup. And as a matter of fact, the statute states... If the percentages yield a fraction, you round up. That's pretty clear. The if the percentages yield a fraction. Which means the percentages are applied only to right then. the allocated license. Exactly. So you, you apply the percentages to your allocated licenses. That gives you the number of tags. In residence, you always round up. And sometimes in non-residence and outfitters, you round up. If, if the fraction is 0.5 or higher, then you round up. So com- and, and that may yield an extra tag. Coming back to the second thing that they were harping on in, in there about the about the bighorn sheep tags, he was saying that uh, the department, the reason why all the bighorn sheep tags are lumped into one hunt yeah. code is because we're bending over, you know, the department's bending over backwards mm-hmm. to give those non-residents tags. Yep. The reason why they did that. They lumped all of those together is because if you didn't, you would never satisfy that law. Never. The 6% and the 10% would never get a tag. Never. Ever. No. Because no, if you go... would get 100% of all those tags. Yeah. And if... if I'm not in favor of that because I believe we're, we're a part of America. Uh, these are public lands and not just New Mexico lands. They're public lands and everybody has a right to them. And they have a right to use them. So I believe in resident or non-residents and outfitters having that opportunity. I believe in us having the bigger opportunity. But more importantly, let's say we did want to split them up 
and only residents would be eligible for those bighorn tags because of the 84%, quit taking Pittman-Robertson money. Because why are you going to take national money if no national participants are allowed to join? That, to me, and, and now there goes your conservation dollars. Cause I just think I, it's unfortunate when uh, groups do things like this, where, where yes. it's pitting one group of sportsmen against the other. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody is going to argue that uh, that non-residents are getting the lion's share of bighorn sheep tags. I, I mean, it's crystal clear that they're not. Yeah. Now we can argue back and forth on what again what that percentage should be, mm-hmm. and, and that's a legitimate argument. Which yep. needs to be had, if that's the case, it needs to be had at the legislative level because, again, it would require a statutory change. Yeah. But I don't agree um, that that everyone should be prohibited from it simply because they're not a New Mexico resident. Right. I got no problem with there being uh, the majority of the license. In fact, I think the majority of the licenses should go to residents. Yeah, but, absolutely. And the numbers but, show but that us, they do. And yeah. the numbers show that they, they do. But for us... As a state to say we don't value non-residents, um, it's a little. I guess I just don't understand what the point is, I, because we're all non-residents in forty-nine other states. Yeah, and, and does no one want to hunt in another state? Like I, I look at when I, you know, I would like to at some point go hunt in Alaska, right? Yep. Who wouldn't? But I can't hunt a lot of those species without booking with an outfitter. I. For several of the species, okay, maybe bears, maybe that's legitimate. You know, I, I can I can understand that's a safety issue. But for sheep, really, yeah, you're telling me I can hunt caribou above timberline, but I can't hunt a sheep without an outfitter. I don't like that as a non-resident. Like, just just let me go hunt. I don't want to have to pay someone else to be my friend. I just want to be able to go and hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the same thing here. There's no reason. You know, Wyoming is another good example. I can't hunt in a wilderness area without an outfitter. Well, why not? Because I can go hike without yeah. an outfitter. Mm-hmm. I can I can go get mauled by a bear in the middle of the summer, no problem. But mm-hmm. I can't go during the hunting season with a rifle. That seems kind of silly. And so I don't like when states are unnecessarily uh, discriminatory against a group only because they are whatever. Yeah. Again, I don't disagree with the percentages, even being where they're at, or if you want to change them. I, you know, I have my own personal feelings on maybe what a what I think an appropriate number would be mm-hmm. for resident versus non-resident. But I don't think that we should be looking as a state going, we're going to exclude all non-residents from this whole species. You can't hunt them. Period. The end. Yeah. And that's what it would be. It's exactly what it would be. And I don't think that it's crazy. Uh, crazy high for us to give three of those tags likely you know three of those tags to non-residents three yeah. out of 25 26 yeah. three thousand five, five. three thousand bucks five. Piece. Well, we'll give, give them five. i'm sorry so five yeah after the roundup it goes to two so and three tw- so they get five you're out right of 25 um, so it's 21 to residents and five to in theory in theory at least Five because non-residents. One of those. Yeah. One of those could be well, a resident with an outfitter. Three of them could be a resident. With exactly. Outfitter. They could be, and it, especially in the in the in the bighorn sheep pool, I would I would venture to say I don't know, but I would venture to say that probably. those are Most probably almost all non-residents, if I had to guess. Yeah. So, but even still, five out of out of twenty twenty six, I guess, is really what what's being issued. That's not 
It's not a huge it's percentage. It's just, it's just and, not. We're still getting the lion's share. And, and for what? You know, uh, people like to come and enjoy our state. Why? For 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 a chance at one more tag yes. going towards a resident. Yes. That's, that's what you're doing. You're causing all this strife, all this discussion, and yep. all this angst, you know, dividing these communities for one more tag. Well, right. and that and that's that's the the again the point that we want to keep coming back to is why why do you want to cause this divisiveness? If you want to have like Ty said an honest conversation about the numbers yeah. and the percentages, let's do that. But why cause the distrust in the department? Why cause the uh, divisiveness of between hunters, whether they're resident or non-resident, um, we talk. You know, we talk about this with our hunt at forward, but hunter numbers in general are going down. Mm-hmm. Um, here in New Mexico, they're going up. But if you look at Ty, we were talking about this earlier. If you look at um, per capita, they're still going down because we're just not getting as many hunters into the sport as the population is growing. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's I, just. A, it's I had a, a hunter safety class this weekend. That I wasn't able to do because I'm hunting. I'm hunting, but <laughs> you know how many you know how many people registered for the hunter safety course this weekend? Six. six. Yeah, a and, total of and six kids. Maybe five or and four of those will show four up. Four or five might show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I went, when I took hunter safety, there were like forty kids. Yeah, exactly. And it, you know, it's it's continued urbanization. You know, more and more mm-hmm. folks live mm-hmm. in town or real close to town. And, and fewer folks grew up on a farm. And, and um, like Kyle said, the actual numbers, at least in New Mexico, the actual number of hunters are increasing every year. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's actually harder to draw a tag, even with the same number of licenses. It's harder to draw a tag because there's more more yeah. people in New Mexico, more residents applying for these licenses, which is good. Mm-hmm. Except for drawing a license. I mean, it makes it harder, obviously. But but again, it, it comes down to why, why, why are some sportsmen's groups pitting... One group against the other. And, right. and in this particular case, this particular group seems to be really bad about it. Um, they, they, if, they, if, you, if you don't basically fall in line with all of their ideas, then you're, you're basically worthless. I mean, they, yeah. they, they would like to legislate you out of existence. Yeah. And I, I find it amazing. It's like, there's, is there not enough room for different points of view? Right. You, you know? Again, no one's saying that residents shouldn't get the majority of the tags. No one's saying that. No. I, I've not heard a single person at any game commission meeting, at any uh, legislative hearing, at any rally anywhere say, we think it should be flip-flopped and non-residents should get 84% or any percent no. higher than residents. So, so again, like you were talking, they're, they're raising this big stink over... Um, an interpretation, which really, I guess, getting back to the statute, it's their interpretation. They they believe that it's being interpreted differently, wrong, yeah, in their opinion, but it's being interpreted differently than they would interpret it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you have to base that on on <laughs> how do you how do you achieve this and follow the statute as closely as possible. Yeah. So, so an agency can't just go. Well, I. Yeah, we tried. Yeah, don't want to do that anymore. We, we don't want to do that. 
I mean, we, we think that we should give more to residents. And so we're just going to arbitrarily say we're just going to give that roundup tag every time to residents. Uh, that, do you, I mean, obviously you're going to get sued as an agency well, by yeah. the non-resident accountable and, I mean, how many, how many and times, by the outfitter. How many times y'all get sued anyway? It, it's, you know, <laughs> it, it's just, it's one of those positions it's, which you're looking at it and you go, okay, there's really, there's, it's not a, it's not an ideal statute from the perspective of it doesn't work mathematically. Right. And so since it doesn't work mathematically in a lot of cases, how do you uh, interpret it as closely as possible to the way that it is written? Yeah. And if they disagree with that, I, I think there's a couple solutions. And the solutions aren't issuing papers. The solutions are either to go to a court and get a court of record to... Make a decision. To make a decision on it. Yeah. Or to go to back to the legislature. And they, they talk in here about uh, Senator Munoz. Uh, yeah. and, and, and Senator <laughs> um, Munoz was the was the bill sponsor, if I remember right. Yep. Um, co-sponsor. Co-sponsor. Well, according to this, I didn't look it up. I, I didn't. I, I don't know. Sponsor. But anyway, if he, assuming that he was the, he was the senator who carried this bill, um, that's a great place to start. Go back to Senator Munoz and draft a bill. And the legislative set, go through the legislative process and get it amended. Uh, obviously, you're going to have some pushback from several groups. I mean, the, the Wildlife Federation is one group, and they have one perspective. I, I can assure you, the the Council of Outfitters and Guides and, and the outfitting industry as a whole is going to have a different perspective you on betcha. it. On it, you betcha. And, and um, is is Munoz still a senator? I believe, yeah, I believe he, he is. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I believe he is. And so I'm that's, not real sure he should sponsor any more bills. I'm not sure he should either. <laughs> you know, that's that's one of the things that we were going to talk about in this speaking in this article. Speaking of getting sued, you know, he he quotes in here, and I'll, I'll quote him: "I would like to sue over this, um, dude. You co-sponsored the bill. Yeah. So I mean, so one, in, the, one in this three, article, one of three things happened here. Okay, either you didn't read it and you just passed it anyway, or you did read it and you didn't understand it and you passed it anyway, or you have no business co-sponsoring bills. I, I mean, because you're, you're, what he's stating in here is that they're doing it all wrong, but they're doing it the way you told them to, dude. Yeah. So that, that bringing some, some, <laughs> I guess some reference to, to what we're talking about here in this, in this article, and I'm going to, this very misleading article put out Theory. by the New Mexico Wildlife Federation. Um, this Ben Neary, uh, I guess, contacted or went to uh, this Senator Munoz out of Gallup, Democrat out of Gallup. Um, and he says, you know, he basically, I'm, I don't know what was said to Senator Munoz again. Uh, if we're misrepresenting some, give us a shout. We'd love to have you on. But um, it was in this article. It was stated that you know Munoz wanted to sue over this because he's you know then it was put in there rather haphazardly that none of Munoz's family members had drawn a license this year. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but so be it. There's a whole bunch of people that didn't draw. Taxes. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot. <laughs> but uh, more importantly. Munoz talking about the 84, the 6, and the 10% that was written into the law and the roundup that was written into the law that he sponsored. Specifically the roundup. Yeah. Said, uh, I don't like that they're doing it, uh, you know, 
He says, quote, they have to put them in the proclamation for the draw. There's no, hey, we're going to hold a tag out, right? Uh, except you tags. wrote the law that way, you dummy. Yeah. And nobody's holding any tags out. No. They're so, adding a roundup tag. Exactly. They're not holding out. They're adding a tag. And they're adding it because you wrote the law that they have to round up on a fraction of 0.5 or greater. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's baffling. There's a, but I'm sure if we take this to the governor, I'm sure she's on our side. She'll probably help us out a lot. <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. We'll now pause for a station break. No, <laughs> this commercial is sponsored by. <laughs> I, I just think people need to be careful intermixing um what is what is you know hard fact and what is assumption and and even the tag numbers in the proclamation that they're set by rule Mm -hmm. but there are several provisions in rule they're not set by the legislature they're set they're set by the game commission and there's several provisions in almost every single species or in other rules, like the licensing rule, where the Roundup license is mm-hmm. authorized to the director, right? The, there's a rule that says no more than one license can be added to each hunt code. The director yeah. can do that. In order to satisfy, uh, it doesn't say specifically satisfy 17.316. It says to satisfy Chapter 17. Yeah. But that, that's what it's for. But there's also provisions in there where we, we may have a hunt uh, uh, in the proclamation, and, and there may be one or a thousand licenses in that particular hunt, but there's a provision in the that the department could um, shut the whole hunt down for a forest fire. You know, yeah. forest fire comes through, and well, we had that serious it, concern it, a couple of years ago. We drew the right. We drew the 45 tag in the mm-hmm. Pecos, yep. and that year was extremely dry, and we thought we weren't going to get to hunt. Yep, they had the forest closed the entire uh, summer, and about. I think two weeks, a month before our hunt started in yep. the Pecos, um, they opened it back up. It started raining, and they opened it back up. And, and so the 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 commission or the department could change that number from a hundred, let's yeah. say, to zero. Uh, it, it would require specific circumstances, but it's possible. And so the numbers in the proclamation are not set in stone. That's yeah. that's not a number that is guaranteed you know, constitutional right. It, yeah. It's the number that is set by rule. However, there are allowances in order to change. There's there's allowances to change. Um, let's say we're talking about elk here. There's an allowance in the rule in order to address significant issues. In other words, let's say a disease or let's say a, a, a huge population increase um, for, for, for an, you know, an unexpected increase. Uh, the, the department is allowed with uh, concurrence of the game commission to increase the number of licenses up to 20% or decrease the number of licenses up to 20%. No more than that, but up to 20% without changing the rule, without going through that process. And so the numbers are very, very close. And in most cases, when they can be satisfied, especially when it comes to these percentages, when they can be satisfied without alteration, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they are. I don't think mm-hmm. the numbers are, are changed when, yeah. the, when the percentages can be met without. 728, 728 hunt codes. I didn't count all the hunt codes. That's just the number that Mr. Neary cites in here. 728 codes. 
again, I found 177 hunt codes where there was a roundup tag. That's that's a fairly large number, but you know, again, these are ta- these are hunts that have an odd number of uh, tags available. Mm-hmm. Twenty five, um, like you look at the oryx. There's a ton of oryx hunts that are twenty five tags. Mm-hmm. All of those got roundup tags. Um, so there was 177 hunt codes that had a roundup tag. There's 180 roundup tags, um, which c- kind of brings to me a point. You know. Uh, I, the the department is isn't without flaw. I've I found in my research I actually found seventeen hunt codes that do not meet the law, not according to Mister Wynn's calculations, but the actual law and how the calculations are. But there's a lot of different reasons that they may or may not have. Well, and one and, of them was just given by tide. They, exactly. They have a little bit of leeway there. They do. They do. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll read you just a couple. And um, I think I think when something's found like that, where it is prior to any roundup or mm-hmm. any change in the in the advertised numbers, if, if the 84% isn't being met, I think that that's a legitimate argument. That, Absolutely. That does need yep. to be brought up to the game commission yep. and or the department. Yep. The, the first one here, but, but certainly none of it's done malicely. I mean, you guys no. are relying on a yeah. relying on a computer system to generate yeah. an auto-populated per, percentage and of even of this tags. even this spreadsheet is seven hundred and twenty-eight. Are you gonna? Am I gonna guarantee you that my math is a hundred percent correct on every single one? No, because it's absolutely <laughs> easy to make a mistake. You went to school whoever, in Alamogordo. Whoever no- wrote, <laughs> whoever did this spreadsheet originally could have absolutely. I don't know if it's generated. You know, through the system or what, but I mean, mistakes happen, okay? And I'm with you. I don't think there's any malice, but this Antelope 1 121, and it it even states on here that there was 83.83% given to residents. So we should have got 338 tags, we got 337. Um, Non residents should have received um, 24, they got 25. So so there's can I can I address that real quick sure. though? And, and I don't know because I have not looked at any of the numbers. I haven't done any of the math. I, I don't. I you know I don't know. Um, the antelope numbers prior to this year, it's possible that so those numbers were um, when you looked in the proclamation and you saw let's say the northeast area. I think they had uh, in the proclamation was like 500 licenses mm-hmm. for rifle hunts, right? Um, those were up to numbers, and that was assuming that every ranch, uh, because of the A plus system, that was mm-hmm. assuming that every ranch signed up and was assigned public hunters if they had public land, right? And so, if you look at those numbers, uh, the department probably never actually issued 500 draw licenses because there were a significant number of ranches who yeah. wouldn't sign up sure. for, for whatever reason, and and so I don't know if that's the reason some of those are off or not, but that's something to think about. And those, yeah. so antelope in particular. Now elk is different and deer yeah. is different. And I, those numbers definitely should have, you know, I would think they should have met that 84%. But the there, antelope. There's a few. The antelope on the, if you look at the advertised number, that one's a little bit shaky yeah. just because those were up to numbers. On, on this, would you say you came on, up with on 17? This, on this, yeah, on this particular one. And, and again, so, so this brings me to another point I had. You know, he's complaining about these roundup tags, mm-hmm. and he's throwing a fit about these. And to me, that all he's doing, I, I, 
there are some inconsistencies here. Like I said, I found 17 hunt codes that aren't, um, that don't meet the proper numbers. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. But when you're throwing a fit about these things that aren't worth, you can't address actual issues because now they're going to listen to you. They're going to, you know, just dismiss you because you're, you're complaining about this thing that, that you're doing that you, and you, you're just trying to follow the law. Well, and I think um, the, I think the department has listened yeah. uh, in this particular case, has even listened to the wildlife Federation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look, if you look at the, the last game commission meeting, it was a specific topic of discussion. Mm-hmm. There was a presentation given to the, to the commission, which I thought was pretty comprehensive, um, explaining exactly how it works. And, and the department, um, asked essentially asked the game commission for direction they they basically said what we're talking about here now, is what do you want we, us to do? we can't meet it so if we're going to change how we're doing it we need a policy direction from the game commission and at this point i think it's up to the game commission to make that decision now whether or not they change anything i don't know because they're they're going to be faced with the same numbers that you've looked at here is like how do which which part of the statute do we not follow yeah because it's you got to not follow something of it. Well, hopefully, in my hope, they actually look at it and they see it really the way I see it, as as in the way that y'all are doing it is currently the right way. The other option, which which you pointed out earlier, the other option is they could go in and they could say we've identified all of the hunt codes and we're going to either reduce or increase the number of tags so that yeah. we can meet them without a roundup. Correct. And they and, could do that. And and then and, and and yeah, and in most cases, my my fear is they're going to go down. Likely. Uh, and, and absolutely they yeah. would. I yeah. mean, and so, but yeah, I mean, you do that and now, but and that's what they're looking at. You know, like I said, this, this one tag and, and I don't think it's malice. I, I agree with him. I don't think it's intentional. I don't, and there, there could be a completely explainable reason. It could be somebody applied for that hunt and drew that hunt that didn't qualify and they got kicked out and the next application was taken was a resident or a non-resident. So they just gave it to him. I don't know. Um, there were 402 tags advertised. 402 tags given, um, 3,900 first choice applicants for residents. So there's no reason, you know, and all all kinds of applicants for non-residents and outfitters, there's no reason, according to this spreadsheet, that they couldn't have, have given the full um, 338 tags to residents, 24 to non-residents, and 42 outfitters and i'm I'm not saying by any means that uh that every single hunt code is exactly done right and i think because i do think when when you find those 17 that you're talking about i think those need to be brought to someone's attention Mm -hmm. i I think there and maybe there's an explanation for it maybe not maybe it's uh there's an issue with the way that the program works maybe it's an issue with whoever is overseeing it i don't know what the what the situation is or maybe the numbers that are written into the spreadsheet are wrong. Exactly. Either either one, it needs to be fixed. Sure. And yeah. and so Yeah, yeah, and and without in 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 a in a, in a in a in a better way than saying, "Hey department, you're stealing from us. Quit." You know, I mean, cuz that's basically, you know, the gist that I'm getting from that article. You know, it it it, it should be brought to their attention. "Hey, I found these issues." I think it's, you know, and again, I'm speaking from my personal uh, position here, but I don't, I don't have a problem with folks calling out an agency f- for issues that they, they perceive. 
Um, however, you do have to, you're entitled to your opinion, as they say, but not entitled to your facts. Um, you don't get to make you, up your you, own facts. You don't get to make your own facts, I guess. I don't think I said that quite right, but you don't get to make up your own facts. The facts are the facts. Yeah. And so uh, you do have to recognize when there are conflicts, it has to be dealt with some way. You may not agree with the way it's dealt with, but but and maybe that needs to be changed, but but that's the way it is. But my my bigger issue, especially with this and, and with some of their, their past uh, position statements, I guess, or, or comments um, up to and including the most recent Game Commission meeting, is that this particular group seems just hell-bent on pitting one group of sportsmen against another for for I, for, I, for what reason I'm not sure well yeah. I think I think it yeah. comes back to you know we had a uh, I don't know how recent it was but we we've had discu- we've had a lot of discussions uh, between ourselves and with others and actually did a podcast on it about you know the elitism uh, that we need to get away from that and Ty, you and I have talked about it, and you and I, Rodney, have talked about it, that that these groups tend to get hung up on one certain thing, and that's the way to do it. You know, um, if, if, you don't, if you don't backpack and hike in 20 miles into the wilderness and, and kill an animal all by yourself, you're no hunter. Uh, if you, you know, fish with, with bait instead of a fly... Uh, then, then you're not an angler. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to get away from that, and and tr- not only that, we have to try and uh, roll back some of these regulations that are just absolutely crippling. How you know how people can get into hunting, fishing, trapping? Yeah. Well, um, so there's a lot of them that are driven by a special interest exactly you know the the fishing rules in particular are are probably the best example in most states you know i defy you to figure out how to legally fish in the state of arkansas (laughs) i I literally think it's impossible to do it legally so we we, there was a time i felt that way about hunting yeah (laughs) we took we took a trip to idaho here recently me and kyle and so in in Going up there and in doing what we do, um, we, I, did a lot of research on the fishing rules and regulations up there, and I was lost. Yeah. There's, like, all these different regions, and then all these different rules in all these different regions, and you had to buy a license here, and then buy a license there, and then you, you could buy a trout license, but then you had to buy a steelhead license, and then you had to buy a bass license. It, just so much different stuff. And they, they end up making criminals out of just regular people. Yeah. Uh, and that's not the, in, it's not what it's supposed to be. It, it isn't what it's supposed to be, and it, it, it is something that, in my opinion, again, I feel like a lot of agencies are behind the curve on this. Uh, of it really should have started being addressed a decade ago. Yeah. Um, but now's better than no time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, for for agencies to go through and look and say, is is there a reason for this, and is it legitimate? Not just because we've always done it this way, or you know, the tendency in government, especially, is always to be more restrictive. 
So anytime a rule change or a statute change, the tendency is not to repeal, it's to add to. Yeah. Yeah. And so you look at uh, traffic laws, you know, holy moly. I mean, there's, you can't drive in the state of New Mexico without violating some law. I yeah. guarantee it. When you read You're through right. the traffic laws, I, there's something covering every single thing. I mean, there's yeah. some stuff in there that's like, you know, essentially you can't drive your donkey backwards on a mountainous road on Wednesdays. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like ridiculously crazy stuff. Yeah. But, but the hunting stuff in particular, because of what you're talking about, especially trying to get folks interested in it, especially because the you know, society as a whole is becoming more and more urbanized in, in the U.S. More and more uh, folks didn't grow up on a farm. They don't even have a relative who has a farm, you know. Uh, they, they, there wasn't going to grandpa's farm. It, it yeah. didn't exist. Um, it's important that people be able to go out into the indoor, out into the indoors. Holy in- moly. Into the outdoors. Can I come into the outdoors now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and be able to not be afraid that they're doing something illegal. They're doing their very best to not do anything illegal, mm-hmm. but they just don't know. Yeah. I, I, I know that exact feeling. Um, you know, you're fishing and you look up and you see a game warden and you're like, I think I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but I might not but be. But I might not be. <laughs> yeah. No. Just, just fishing, Kyle. Just fishing. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a concern. And I, I wasn't I think... planning on going for a run today, but that game warden <laughs> came out of nowhere. <laughs> so. There's a lot of truth to that. I mean, it really is. You know, when I, when I look at other states and, you know, potentially hunting or fishing in another state, it's like, God. Don't know. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's, it's so hard. Uh, and you know, luckily, I know a lot of folks in these other states, and I can call them and say, "Hey, it looks like, based on what I see, it looks like this is all I need. Is that all I need? Because I know how these things work. I'm sure there's a stamp I need, or there's some free permit that I'm going to get a ticket for. And uh, it, it is pretty frustrating. Um, yeah. But it's hard. but but what? Again, back back to the point of. I don't have a problem with people having their passion and and having their position on that passion, no problem whatsoever. But bashing other groups only because you think that it's going to make you look better or bashing them just for no reason at all in in some cases, I don't understand what the point of that is. Or just for your personal designs, which I'm not sure what Mr. Wynn's designs are i'm not sure of what mr neary's designs are or the the north new mexico wildlife federation but to me it is a very it is a very poor representation of an outdoors group um on a whole they really to me they're they're pitting like you like you said they're pitting group against group yeah but to, but to add to what Ty was saying, yeah. But to add to what Ty was saying, if you're a member of one of these groups, or if you are one of these groups, one of the you know the heads of one of these groups, um, kind of keep it in your lane, right? <laughs> you know what? I, 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 let's, I, let's I, not I get, agree with you. Let's not get off you. into that too much. Uh, but if you have a stated purpose. With it, and and you're speaking for that group. Yeah. Stick within your stated purpose. Yeah. If you are a member of one of these groups, make sure you know what's going on, so yeah. that they are voicing your, you know, it, it, 
if it if well, they are not voicing what you believe, you better you better speak up. Yeah, that's a true question. Is is these groups that are out there? You know, you have the New Mexico Wildlife Federation, um, BHA. You have Trout Unlimited, um, Trout Unlimited, all Wild these groups. Turkey, whatever it um, is. Presidents. Are these are these groups working for their interests or the interests of their memberships? But and they should be working towards the interest of their membership. Yeah, that, that should be the goal. That that should be their primary goal. But it, that's not to say that they can't have an opinion on other issues. No. The 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 bigger issue is some of these groups will weigh in on something and bash another yeah. sportsman group when it has no effect whatsoever on their entire mission. Yeah, you know. And uh, I guess that's what, what I meant by saying. You know, stay in your yeah. lane. Yeah. The, the the not bashing is what I meant. Yeah. There's no reason to tear somebody else down. No. Especially if it has absolutely nothing to do with what your well, group is about. If right. you're if you're a fly fisherman and you're a part of a fly fisherman group, don't be trying to change the laws on how bait fishers fish in a lake because you're not there fishing. Yeah. You know, you're in a stream somewhere. So I, I get what that's what you're kind of saying about stay in your lane. You know, why does a fly fisherman group need to bash elk hunters? They don't. Um, and I'm not saying that they are. I'm just using that as an example. Right. You know, you're right. Stay, kind of stay in your lane uh, type of deal. But And, and like I say, I've, I've talked about it a couple times, but that they, they've got a paragraph in this, in this article here that talks about, um, you know, wildlife as a public trust and that, the way that I read it, and maybe I'm reading it wrong, but the way that I read it, they're essentially insinuating that outfitting isn't even legitimate. Right. Like, like outfitting itself should be outlawed. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get that. You know, it, it, because they're providing a service that deals with a quote-unquote public trust uh, issue, which is, I, I think, yeah. what they're talking about is the wildlife being held in public trust. Um, wh- where do you draw that line? You know, the outfitters, uh, regardless of how you feel about them, they provide a service mm-hmm. to to hunters yep. uh, in particular, anglers as well and, and other stuff. But we're talking about hunting here. And so they, they provide a service. So it's a service industry. Um, it's regulated. Mm-hmm. There's rules and there's laws that deal with what they can, can or can't do. And it doesn't change just because you're an outfitter or an outfitted hunt it doesn't mean you're exempt from any laws so you can't take more animals you can't there's no none of that stuff and so the question comes in okay because they're a service industry what what else would you like to be regulated or would you like to be prohibited from having anything to do with hunting what about um would you like to say because they provide a service they uh that deals with wildlife in a in a secondary sense, should hotels be banned from accepting hunters? Right. Should Cabela's be banned as a business, or any of these sporting goods be banned? Sporting goods stores be banned from providing a service simply because it deals with hunting? Yep. Or restaurants? Or a restaurant not serve. can't serve a hunter uh, because they're serving hunters, and that has something to do with with a public trust, the wildlife. Yep. The only reason that hunter is there is because of the wildlife. Uh, it. I don't. I don't get that. Yeah. You know what? what what's What's the issue? That yeah. Is 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 the issue that it's a personal issue for yeah. either and, the author or 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 the Mr. Wynn, or 
is it that it really has an effect on the wildlife? And because I'll, whether or not an outfitter is operating in the state of New Mexico really has zero effect on residents let me find whatsoever. Some, let me find some more cool numbers for you, Ty. Um, so, you know, and this is this is another thing that, that, that obsessed me about this article is, you know, sorry, Mr. Wynn, but you're kind of talking out of your ass. You don't, he doesn't do the research. Um, he's saying outfitters, and he wants to get rid of the outfitter pool and increase the residence pool. But if you look at the numbers, and I'm, I'm trying to find them here, um, as far as a group getting more than what was allocated, maybe due to Roundup or whatever, it's non-residents and residents that take up that pool. It is not outfitters. Outfitters are typically always below. And that is, um, man, I wish I could find that number. I got too many papers and I've scattered them all over here. But the roundup tags and, and the allocations as far as that, it's the or non-residents and residents that are getting above their pools. It is not the outfitters. So for... Look at antelope real quick, just because it's on top. Outfitters got one less tag than they should have across the board. Uh, one thing that I did take out of this, out of all these calculations, is any hunt, just, just for ex explanation, any hunt that did not have enough applicants to meet the percentages, I threw that out. Because if there's zero outfitters applying for tags, mm -hmm. that's going to skew the numbers, period. So those there, there's plenty of hunts where residents didn't apply. You know, you had 50 tags and three residents applied for it, uh, but a lot of non-residents applied for it. Those got thrown out because those numbers are skewed. But in, in all hunts where enough applicants applied in all three pools, that's the numbers that I looked at. Outfitters were shorted one tag in Antelope. Non-residents got five more than they should have. And residents were shorted... Man, I'm blind. Residents were shorted three. If you want to look at deer... Let's look at deer real quick. Thank you. I can see now. Aziz, light! Okay, for deer. Outfitters were shorted one. Res residents were shorted 11. And non-residents... Got 14 more. Because of the roundup? No, not because of the roundup. These, these were due primarily due to the 17 hunt codes that I found gotcha. that were had irregularities. I'm not going to claim that the Department of Game and Fish bent over backwards to screw us on those 17 hunt codes. I'm not going to do it. I, they're honest mistakes, or there's a reason for those mistakes that can be easily explained. I don't know. But I still think those those should be should pointed be out, out because yeah. because if it's a mistake, it then it needs I, to be corrected. I, I know an old boy that I'll send this spreadsheet to, yep. and he can give it to the right people. Yep. Um, yeah, because yeah, there are there are seventeen hunt codes with some irregularities, but that's all they are is irregularities. But if you look at the numbers, you know he's blaming outfitters. He wants to get rid of the outfitters pool. Well, they're getting screwed. It's the re the non residents in in instances where somebody got more than they should have. Um, like I said, there's 17 different hunt codes, you know, and he doesn't even mention any of these hunt, these hunt codes. None of them. He doesn't bring any of them to light. 
because uh, he's solely focused on that roundup tag, which to me is just a non-issue. So, um, I don't know how much how much more you got, Rodney, um, but I think we could probably pretty successfully wrap up this podcast in uh, in the final statement. Actually, in the article itself, uh, you know, we talk about how this organization seems to um, have the viewpoint that they don't want any non-residents in in the uh, in the state to get you know tags. They want all, everything to go to residents. Their their name itself, and you know, their their claim to fame is that they were founded by Aldo Leopold, right? Yeah. Um, and their so name was he, was he a resident of New Mexico? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. The, the, time. the, the name the name itself is New Mexico Wildlife Federation. Yeah. And if you want to know where their stance is and where their interests are, you just read the last uh, quote of the article, which is from Jesse Dubel, executive director of the federation, and he says. We're eager to begin work from a clean slate with a new game commission to ensure that the residents of New Mexico are our state's top priority. You would think, being the New Mexico Wildlife Federation, the wildlife of New Mexico would be the top priority. That's what I would assume. And that's that's a big, that's big a topic. Um, and a great point. You're, you're absolutely right. Because um, it is not about us as hunters. It is uh, it is about our wildlife and making sure that it's there for our future generations. Um, and without it, they're not going to get to enjoy the things that we enjoy. Absolutely. Um, and, I, you know, I'm willing to go, forego a tag here and there to make sure that the, the wildlife is around for my kids. Well, I'm willing to forego a tag here or there, but I'm also willing, thankfully, we have 49 other states that have wildlife. Who are allowing non-residents to come hunt? Yeah, we all be I doing want the same. to go hunt in a lot Absolutely. of those places too. Absolutely. So, I think we can kind of wrap it up with that. Uh, any final thoughts, Ty? No, I, I think everything got covered pretty well. Very good. Hopefully, Dedon, <laughs> I'm good to go, man. His shirt, Dedon's shirt says, "I need a hug with an E glass of whiskey on the end." This is a huge glass of whiskey. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say one more thing, though. Uh, you know, we have these department meetings, and we have the game commission meetings, and I, I wasn't able to make it to the game commission meeting. There's going to be several meetings uh, across the state here over the next week or two um, concerning the, some of the topics that were discussed at that game commission meeting. If you can, go. We send out the surveys from time to time on you know, on your email because you're logged in through the department um, with your with your uh, hunt ID number and all of that stuff. You get those emails, and I respond to those almost every time. Um, it's I, the first couple of them. I was like, does my real, does my opinion matter? And yes, and absolutely, it does. Yeah. I can attend a meeting in Santa Fe. I can attend a meeting in Gallup. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I can I can at least put my opinion so it's so it's known. Well, and, and technology's good now. Um, they weren't doing it. We streamed the first couple on Not a Grande, but now the department is streaming mm-hmm. those game commission. Well, we didn't stream the game commission meetings. We streamed the public meetings, but 
the department does stream those game commission meetings. And while you may not be there to uh, voice your opinion or, or whatever, you can watch it. You can keep abreast of the information. Make sure, like Ty said, you're entitled to your opinion. You're not entitled to your. You're entitled to your own opinion. You're not entitled to your own facts. Make sure you know what the facts are, and base your opinion off of those, not off of hearsay. Not, not everybody has a rain man like Rodney with numbers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. No, I, I think uh, I think that's it's a good text. point that they're going to have. Uh, uh, I think four yep. public meetings on the Baron Lion rule coming up. And uh, if you've got any interest or no interest at all, it still might be an interesting uh, place to go spend an hour and just and yeah. sit and listen and uh, maybe give your view because it does matter. There's, there's a reason the, the meetings are being held. Yeah. Uh, it's not just so that uh, there's some checkbox can be checked off. They, uh, they do listen to the, to the, perspective of everyone and and again your your voice is only one but it might be the one that uh that gets yeah your perspective yeah. over the hill on, yeah, on that yeah. subject they they do matter and i can contest it we've said this several times kyle you know when they were having the deer meetings about the e plus and the stuff like that that the landowners show every every meeting that i went to that was landowners was packed yeah just standing room only. And like Kyle said, we were broadcasting these live on Facebook. The ones that were just public land were empty. Yeah. So whose voices are getting heard? Yeah. The ones that show up. The ones, the ones that, that show that up is there, exactly right. Those are the voices that get heard. So absolutely those, they get listened to. And the sportsmen in the state, need they need to be heard. Yes. Um, basically, and I... I I get it. You know, everybody's busy. Everybody's got other stuff that they'd rather do rather than sit into one of those public meetings. And uh, believe me, I understand that. Uh, but but you can't ch- you can't change stuff if you don't show up to the meetings. Nope. You got to show up, or you got to at least send an email or make a phone call. Those types of things are huge. And you're exactly right. When it comes to the landowner uh, issues that affect landowners, the meetings are packed. When it comes to issues that just affect hunters. It's crickets. crickets. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's disappointing. You know, you go to you go to a meeting and literally, well, no one, will, no one else is there. And I mean, the funny part of that, conversely, if you look on Facebook, I don't see a landowner saying word. Nope. But them, them public hunters, man, are they going ninety miles an hour? Yep. Yep. <laughs> using not using the forum that has the, absolutely no. Yeah, not the platform. No not the platform. I mean, it's it's cool. It's fun to share your stuff, but that's not the place to. That's not the place to create change. No. Yeah. There's there's plenty of folks out there that would uh, like to get rid of hunting or change hunting the way that it is, and mm-hmm. uh, and there's also plenty of folks that want to continue what we've what we've done and uh, continue the successes that have that have gotten us to this point. And I would hope that uh, it's worth at least at least a little bit of your time to show up and, and weigh in on this. Because yeah. And if you want it to continue, you better start showing up. In, yeah. in reality, New Mexico, that it is one of the things that New Mexico is missing is a is a cohesive, unified sportsman's voice. Yeah. Um, it just for whatever reason there isn't one right now and I, I would hope that a lot of these groups can kind of get together there's no reason for all these groups to be fighting amongst each other or putting no. each other down uh you know on most subjects most subjects 
there's no reason why you know every single one of these groups can't get together and say yes we we're for wildlife we're for hunting and we want to we want the best for the wildlife yeah. in the state there's there's ways there's ways that all interests can be met yeah there are ways we have to work together to find those ways but you know public land hunters private land hunters private land owners special interest groups you know the backcountry hunters road hunters we all want to be outdoors mm-hmm. in our own special way but we all have to work together as one unit we have to come together as one unit we have to realize that we all have a place at the table and we, we don't need to be kicking people from the table well we've said it said it before we'll say it again um you don't have to agree a hundred percent, but if there's a topic that we agree on, let's stand together on it. Right. Thanks for joining, guys. Adios. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.